0: Welcome to Because You Need to Know. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe.
1: My name is Carol Cole.
0: Carol Cole is an award-winning business development and marketing professional.
1: And I live in Leesport, Pennsylvania, which is an hour outside of Philadelphia. The last book I read was Your Second Life Begins When You Realize You Only Have One by Raffaella Giordano and it was a gift from a friend that I met in Croatia and she lives 90 minutes from me in Pennsylvania so we've actually gotten to see each other since then and she gave me that. My mentor was Jim Cohen. He hired me to work for him as a marketing representative in the insurance industry. He was also instrumental in my getting back into management at a later date. He was also the most ethical guy I'd ever met.
0: She's also involved with Burke's Encore, a local nonprofit based in Berks County, Pennsylvania. When did you first become engaged in working with nonprofits?
1: Well, back in uh, my college days, I was in Delta Zeta sorority. It's a national sorority. And one of the keys to what we do is philanthropy. So I was both philanthropy chairman and president. So we did things, um, you know, in our local community, it was a small town where the college was, maybe 5,000 residents, but they had a senior center and nursing home. So we'd do things with the nursing home. Um, You know, we'd sell flowers for cystic fibrosis. So that's just so much a part of what we are. And also in our alumni group too, same thing. Um, You know, we do a lot of philanthropy, but I'll be honest, after. I graduated college, you know, I kind of got busy with work and I, I, you know, like most people, I guess I got away from it. You know, I was just so busy trying to get my career going, um, that kind of thing. So I really kind of re-engaged, I think more on a larger basis, only about five, you know, six years ago. So I started, um, trying to figure out what did I want to do with my life? You know, you're maturing, you're getting older. Um, my ex and I split, he and I split after being together 28 years. So that was difficult So I was like, you know, how do I make some meaning to my life? So I started getting back more into the philanthropy, our alumni group for sorority. We do a lot with the painted Mm. turtle, which is Paul Newman's group. We um, help do like art supplies and things like that. The campers go to a camp for free. So we'll donate money. Like I said, we'll donate art supplies, things like that. Um, We also help out. There's a local group too that we help out for foster kids. So we'll help out like at the bingo and help. And do the food and um, do the prizes and things like that. But for me personally, I've really gotten into um, helping out with Make-A-Wish, a wish grantor for Make-A-Wish. And um, I tend to be a little bit of a procrastinator. So I was seeing the ads for Make-A-Wish for a while. And um, finally, one day I said, okay, I'm going to go do this. So I, you know, emailed and I filled out the application and I got approved. You know, they do, of course, a background check because you're going into families' homes and uh, working with the families and the children So and then I went to um, a three hour training and learned how to be a wish grantor as a wish granter, I work on a team so it's um, usually two people at one time will go into the family's home now this is pre pandemic so now post pandemic we're not going into homes right now so we're doing everything virtual. But pre pandemic you'll go into homes of children there from the ages of two to 18 and they're critically ill children and you go in and meet the family, and then you try to find mm. out you know, what's the kid's interest. And um, so I've been very blessed and very fortunate. Families trust me to come into their home and work with their children.
0: And then this all sounds like social engagement to me, what you're drawn to is, is uh, children or youth mm-hmm. and trying to give them opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Would that be a fair statement?
1: Yeah, that would be a fair statement. I think right now in the world, and I am maybe going to digress a little bit. I think there's just so much negative. I mean, if you look at the news, um, it's rare they're going to report on anything good. And there's so much good in the world, but you have to find it. And I think I've gotten to where I don't watch the news a whole lot anymore. Obviously, I want to stay engaged and know what's going on in the world. But I don't watch the news near as much. I'm not on my laptop like I used to. Like after work, I used to like right away, I'd get on all the sites and I know I'm not the only one. I've talked to clients that are the same way right now. They're just not watching the news. I think there's just so much good in the world um, and you just have to you know, find it. So yeah, if I can do my part, I think that's great. You know, Actually my girlfriend, it was funny, my girlfriend who um, gave me that book that we had talked about a little bit earlier, this book um, that she sent me, it's called Your Second Life Begins When You Realize You Only Have One. It's a cool book. My girlfriend gave me this book and she and I um, occasionally will sightsee Especially right now with the pandemic, we can't really travel internationally as easily. So she and I'll do some local sightseeing, and um, I know she's wanted us to start small things like you know you're in the line at Starbucks and you pay the person's bill behind you, you know, so things like that. We've started mm-hmm. even small things like that. You know, I think everybody can get engaged. I think it's I think it's so easy to think oh I have to be a millionaire or a billionaire. Um, anybody can do anything to help. I mean, even me like when I go to the grocery store our different stores where they'll say, do you want to round up, mm-hmm. you know, your bill, they almost always do the roundup. And, you know, I figure, you know, that extra dollar, if it goes and helps somebody.
0: It just sounds like a conscious awareness. Mm-hmm. It is intentful. You have an intent and this awareness of where you can see opportunity to add value for whatever you're looking at, just like your examples. Correct. Where, where was the seed for mm-hmm. you um, that this was something to, that so, yeah. I assume somewhere in your childhood, there was an influence of, oh, this made an impact.
1: Probably my grandmother. So a lot of people are surprised. My grandmother actually was born on an Indian reservation in Canada. So my grandmother is Mohawk Indian. And obviously I tend to be a little fair. <laughs> but I do have the, uh, the, if you look at the cheekbones and the structure, usually people are like, ah we can see the Mohawk in you now. So she had left the reservation at a young age and she came to the state she needed um, to work and she needed shoes. So she worked for what she called a rich lady, uh, Mrs. Norris in Pena, New York. Uh, When she ended up moving back to Canada and became a grandmother, she collected clothes in her apartment building and we would take them down to the reservation. Now She would call it the reserve. Um, so she'd say, Hey, you know, we've got all these clothes. Let's take them to the reserve. So I was always aware that my family, I'm the first one to graduate college in my family. So I was very aware at a young age that my family worked very hard, very physical job. I think when you and I had talked last time, we might have talked about my father. That's right. My grandfather owned a circus. So, you know, my family worked a very physical lifestyle, um, actually on both sides, my mom and my dad's side. So I was very aware that I'm very blessed to live in this gorgeous house that I live in. I worked very hard, you know, after college. And so I've always kind of had that, I guess, in the back of my mind knowing, you know, let's give it back. And so I think, as I would mentioned earlier, you know, once I got into college, that was our mindset with college, like, we had an education chairman, but we also had, like I said, had that philanthropy chairman. So we always were doing some type of philanthropy. To answer your question, probably goes back to my grandmother, just knowing like, hey, like, you know, even though I'm not on the reservation anymore, I'm going to give back to where I came from.
0: That is a truism, I think, that humankind is either aware of or not. You know, it's almost like it's either, it's part of your paradigm or it's not. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to hear where it gets its Feet or its foundation in a person's perspective and when you were telling your story of your grandmother i kind of feel like it's a it's a piece of the human heart that says regardless where i am there's always somebody else Mm -hmm. that needs more than i need and right that is a giving mentality Mm -hmm. a very purposeful and i think beneficial part of any society What do you see as a challenge in nonprofits going forward?
1: I think right now, obviously, the pandemic, you know, is a little bit of an issue. But ironically, I had a meeting with Make-A-Wish last week. So we are um, trying to get some folks who were interested in doing travel wishes to maybe reconsider other things. Um, Because right now, to take a child who's maybe compromised is probably not the best to be traveling. But as we talked about... um, you know, funds and things, they actually are doing very well. There was a concern. We weren't doing the golf tournament, a few other things, but they said actually the, um, the fundraising's actually been pretty good. Um, I'm one of the ones I'm considered a lieutenant now.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I got promoted
1: last week. So I'm going to work with some of the other volunteers and some of the families and say, hey, no one's going to Disney this year. And then even if you go next year, there's such a backlog of kids. It could be even another year. And the whole point of the wishes is you want the kids to be able to do something soon and now, and they want to be able to enjoy their life now. And so that's, you know, somewhat one of the challenges, um, you know, that I've seen, you know, in that realm. And then um, I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think people just sometimes feel like you have to do this great big grand gesture and it doesn't have to be grand, you know, even if have $5, you know, I work with, um, as I think, again, you know, I have a, a foster dog that I've since adopted. So I still am close with the, um, the rescue group where I got the dog, they have some massive vet bills and they will say, hey, like if everybody could chip in, you know, $2 or $5, we could pay this bill. So sometimes it seems overwhelming when you see this $10,000, you know, vet bill, you think, oh my gosh, how are we gonna get this paid? But if everybody would sh- just chip in a buck or two. So, you know, not everybody has to be, you know, Jeff Bezos or, you know, to make an impact. And um, So I think that's a big thing
0: are you familiar with the story of the stone soup i am not okay so the premise of the stone soup is that this whole village is in a desperate situation and the idea is that one person comes to the village from out of town and says we're going to make stone soup and he brings uh, a pot and sets it up in the middle of the square and starts this broth you know of water and all the people come around are like What 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 are you doing? You can't. What's a stone soup? And oh well, you know if everybody would bring maybe what you do have, you know. And oh well, one guy says I got some carrots. Okay, and somebody else says I've got some onions. Okay, you know. And it's like, absolutely, I love it. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic story because it's a collaborative, mind changing culture, uh, just all those things that either keep people separate Mm -hmm. or bring them together. The moral of the story for me that I like is that it's it's, it's really a community effort. Mm -hmm. And you either enjoy the benefits of your community or you don't. And you either participate in your community or you don't. But it sounds to me like that's the goodness you're getting from this engagement with philanthropic mm-hmm. activities.
1: Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention too, is, um, you know, sometimes you feel a little embarrassed, like promoting your efforts, but I actually think it's really important because it just inspires other people. For example, when I went to Uganda, I went gorilla trekking. That was like, my main purpose was to go gorilla trekking. It was not on our list to to check out this place. It's called Ride for a, a Women. So it supports women who, um, you know, are abused and just, you know, don't have a lot of opportunities and it's a fabulous, fabulous place. And so one of the girls that was on the trip with us found out about it and she said, hey, let's everybody go over there and check it out. Well, it was just phenomenal. Like we all went and everybody just started buying gifts out of the gift store because you could actually see the women, you know, putting the straw coasters together and the baskets and everything right there. It was so phenomenal. And then for me, I actually made the decision to um, sponsor a child for a year to go to school. So I, you know, forked over my credit card right there in the spot and then I actually promoted it on LinkedIn and as a result, I got a coworker and I didn't ask for her to do this, you know, out of the blue, she sent me um, some money and said, "Hey, I don't know how to get this money to Uganda, but can you make sure it gets to Uganda?" She's like, "I th- think what you did is great." Um, and same thing, there's a gentleman in the insurance industry that I like to follow a lot, Chris Paradiso. Um, same thing. He's really uh, about having a servant's heart. You know, he wants to obviously sell insurance, but he's really about philanthropy. In fact, he posts more about philanthropy than he does insurance, you know, whether it be Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. So I follow him a lot too. And it just inspires you, you know, when you see his post too, you, sometimes you think, oh my gosh, I should be doing more even to help out people. And it's just, it's just so encouraging.
0: So, well, thank you for that last view of where you're at and where you're going. It is inspirational, and I liked your example of being an inspiration and being inspired. I think it is one of those things that feeds itself, and uh, it just grows. So thank you very much for being here today, Carol. Uh,
1: thank you so much. Thanks for the invite and having me. I had a great time. Good seeing you
0: again. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.